coming to you from the lab where they talk about guns, gear, training, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Mike and Big Keith, and this is The Gun Experiment. How's it going, everybody, and welcome to The Gun Experiment. This week, Keith and I talk with the Director of Product Marketing for Primary Arms and take a deep dive into the world of optics. I want to remind everyone that we release new content every Tuesday morning, so be sure to subscribe and share the show with friends. And as always, I cannot start the show without the big man across the table. My co-host, Big Keith, is in the house. Keith, what's going on? Just taking a sip of this delicious Manhattan. Good, right? It is. I've gotten better and better at making them. Yeah. You know. Can I request uh, three of these fancy cherries the next time? <sighs> That's overdoing it. I, I, the, the first time I made I'm one, I'm an overdo it kind of guy. You are. You are big. <laughs> I made the first one with three, and then I realized, man, this could get expensive real quick. Yeah, they they are. I can understand that part. So let's see. What else? Uh, oh, man. I have uh, my wife bought me a dehydrator for my, we, birth, for my birthday. That. That's cool. Have you used it yet? I used it uh, last weekend, made some uh, jerky, three different kinds of venison jerky. I meant to bring it. I forgot. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, I did uh, sriracha, hickory, and teriyaki. And then today for the marathon, 16 hours, and it's still going now. It should be done by the time I get back. I did like, uh, I'm doing a whole bunch of fruit. Oh, cool. uh, So I had a lot of luck with jerky, although how thick you slice it or thin you slice it matters for sure. Yep. Um, I like it thinner and a little drier, a little like chewier. Yep. Um, but fruit, I couldn't get like really like what I wanted with the fruit. It was kind of like a little chewier. And how and long did as, you let it go? Maybe not long enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sixteen. You know, anywhere from fourteen to sixteen hours. Is I mean, like, I think I went off of what they recommended in the book that they gave you, but maybe yeah. I need to. Find and did better. you also um, did you either blanch it first or soak it with like lime juice or something? I didn't. I don't think so. I did. If you do like water and lime juice, like equal parts, that will help it from you know, like getting weird color when it's dehydrating and like, um, help, help it get a little more crispy. Okay. You know, gotcha. if that's what you're looking for. Okay. Next um, time I do it, I'm going to have to hit you up, but yeah, a little bit longer. So anyway, that's, cool. uh, that's what's been going on. Awesome. So listen, I want to kind of get into the, the mix here. Um, we have a great guest tonight and I'm very, very excited. We have a special contest, uh, that we're going to announce and mm-hmm. we're going to kind of you know, we'll talk about what the what the product is a little later in the show. Kind of jealous that we can't enter. I know. Sorry, buddy. Not on this one. <laughs> so a little later, we'll announce what it is. I promise you it is a very, very nice item. And uh, and then a little later in the show, we're going to tell you how you can enter to win. So, um, you know, stay tuned. Uh, we'll give you more information on that. But I promise you it is worth, uh, worth your time to enter. It is an awesome, awesome contest. So... If you're looking to just support the show, aside from just getting yourself an awesome uh, little win on a on a con- <clears throat> excuse me on a contest, subscribe to the show if you're not already. You should be, but if you're not, make sure you're doing that. And then go and either leave us a five star review on Apple, and then a comment on Apple or Spotify. And Spotify's become my new favorite. I actually just got a cool thing from them, Keith. Mm-hmm. They do this thing called uh, it's it's a wrap and it's a like Christmas wrapping, and they, you you keep clicking it in an un it unveils like more and more information of your year of how your year went. And mm. I was impressed. I mean, like our numbers, like up hundred percent, this up 150% that like, you know, listener engagement or, you know, listener, uh, you know, new subscribers and just really makes me feel good that people are enjoying the show. And it also, the, this is the coolest for me. It tells you like these people, like this amount of your listenership, rate you as their t- in their top 10 favorite podcasts. And then this listenership is you're, you're in their top five. And then there was like a good handful that were like, we're their, their number one favorite oh, podcast. That's cool. 
And I don't know who those people are, but if you're out there listening, I mean, we're your number one favorite podcast, so you're probably you're listening. listening. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So we're going to get into this thing, but today's interview is brought to you by Flatline Fiberco. Flatline makes sewn goods for the shooting community, including iFact pouches, slings, ear pro wraps, and dump pouches. I'm always super impressed with the attention to detail that they put into their products and the focus on customer satisfaction that Flatline has become known for. You simply can't go wrong with products that are made in the U.S. and have a lifetime warranty. So check out all their products at flatlinefiberco.com. And to sweeten the deal, use the discount code GUNEXPERIMENT10 at checkout to get 10% off. And we just recently shot that two gun and like I was rocking tons of their stuff. And I was going to say, you forgot to mention that Chad's just the man. Yeah, he is awesome. <laughs> we got to get him back on the show, actually. Yeah. I was thinking about that the other day. So yeah. we'll definitely make sure that happens. Maybe he can push us to do that dry fire league again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that he didn't do. <laughs> that he didn't do, that we only did once, that we said we'd do more. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, today's guest is a veteran of the U.S. Army, where he served as an infantryman through multiple theaters until his retirement in 2009. He's an avid hunter, shooter, and outdoorsman, and has trained with many of the top instructors around the country in long-range carbine, pistol, and shotgun. He's worked in several capacities within the firearms industry, but in 2021, he was named the Director of Product Marketing for Primary Arms. Please welcome Stephen Morgan to the show. Stephen, how you doing? Doing great. How are you guys? Doing well also. Yeah, doing great. Just, uh, you know, enjoying this uh, beautiful night, having a Manhattan, hanging out with you guys. Yeah, can't beat that. Can't beat that. I've got uh, got some tea here and trying to trying to cool off because it's still fairly warm down here in Texas. So <laughs> tea, tea, tea's not a Manhattan, but uh, I, I also <laughs> it, it I also not. have a cup. But New York not. is in Texas, <laughs> so you're true. good. <laughs> and I, I also have a uh, I also have a cup of tea to chase this Manhattan when we're done. <laughs> nice, nice. See, that's that's a real civilized thing to do. <laughs> so, Steve, right. I got to very you, responsible of me. I got to tell yeah. you, I'm reading the intro, and as I'm reading it, I'm you know I'm reading about all the courses you've taken and the different stuff. And I have to tell you, it's very nice to know that someone that's in the, in the industry and in a position like yours actually is in the industry. Uh, and I say that because we had someone post on our discord page the other day, uh, a magazine that had, uh, you know, had the word uh, clip yeah. instead of magazine. We, we won't name the manufacturer, but uh, they were advertising a new pistol in a package. And, and in the highlights of the package was extra clip. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Exact cringeworthy, right? That's I'm super still, cool. They throw in a like a clip for a Garand. I, I, mean, I mean, it's a little presumptuous of them, but thing. it's pretty slick. I thought the same thing. I, I still am skeptical of whether it's a real article, so I, that's why I don't think we should yeah. say the manufacturer because I'm no. like, I mean, a real ad. I, I just I'm not sure if it's a real one, so... Yeah, you never know these days. But that's, that's how you know the marketing department's really doing their job when you're not sure if it's a real advertisement or not. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I didn't think of it that way either. When so, the ads have got you questioning your own reality, that's some that's some deep, hard marketing. <laughs> so I mentioned that we're going to be doing a contest today. And I first of all, I have to say that this contest would not have, have happened without uh, primary arms. So first off, uh, thank you, Stephen. Uh, thank you, Primary Arms, because uh, you guys were nice enough. You were coming on to provide us with an awesome piece of kit for people to put in for a win. So let's talk about that really quick. So this is uh, Primary Arms uh, SLX 1 through 6 uh, second focal plane rifle scope Gen 4. It's the illuminated ACSS Nova Fiber Wire Reticle Red Dot Bright. So do you want to just talk about that really quick? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, kind of our bread and butter for a long time has been LPVOs or low power variable optics. So that one to six, one to eight, one to 10 kind of realm. 
And um, the SLX series has been the most popular by far of all the LPBOs we make. It's a phenomenal piece of glass. Um, we've always offered a huge breadth of the ACSS reticles in them. Generally, when we come out with a new ACSS LPBO reticle, it starts off in the SLX line because that's been so popular. So we want to get the new stuff out first to the, the stuff that people are buying and um, you know let people experience that new either ranging technology or BDC or whatever it is that's in that particular reticle. So, like I said, it's been our most popular. Um, this year, we released a new Generation 4. So we took the Gen 3 that you know everybody knows and loves, and we revamped the optical package in there. We put new turrets on it. We redid um, the turret internals. We redid the elevator tube, everything. It's inside and out. It's all brand new. Um, and then we threw new reticles in there. Well, we've got three Auroras, two of them are a 5.56 base, and one of them is a 7.62 base. And then we have, of course, our new Nova uh, fiber wire reticle. So what fiber wire is, it's, it's a completely different illumination technology. For all of our older reticles, our older scopes, um, even you know our competitors is a very common illumination technology, but it's called etch and fill. Mm -hmm. So we take a glass element, we etch the reticle into that, and then we fill it with a, it's basically like a titanium powder that acts as a kind of a reflective surface. So think of like your car headlights hitting a stop sign at night. Like you can yep. see that yep. stop line. It's very bright, but it's not like looking directly into your car headlights, right? So it's, you're losing a little bit of that light energy. Well, with the fiber wire, we're actually taking a fiber optic element and we're running it down through to the middle of the reticle. And then the way it's cut, it shines that light directly back to the shooter's eye. So we're taking all the energy created by that LED and we're dumping it right at the shooter. So it is extremely bright, like truly, truly red dot bright. Wow, that's really, really cool. This was, as I mentioned, a very generous, generous thing for you guys to do. So this is a $340 value. So if you're a listener of the show and and you know we're going to talk about the rules of entering a little bit later in the show, but it, it is an awesome thing for you to get. And I, I should mention that I recently purchased, uh, my first LPVO from you guys. Um, I have a couple of your products, but I bought the, uh, GL GLS, um, LPVO. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. And, That's um, a great scope. It's awesome. And I, and I really like it and you're, and I've bought products from you in the past. I have a red dot from years ago. And so, yeah, I just, I think that like your products are great and I'm happy to have you on the show and very, very thankful for you to guys to, to give us something to give away to our listeners. So thank you. Awesome. Yeah. I've seen a couple of rifles on our discord page that, uh, this could be a really good match. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Guys. Hint, hint. All right. So I do want to kind of move on. We'll get to more of the contest a little later, but I want to talk to you and talk about you and also primary arms. So you served in the army up until I believe it was 2009. And then right after leaving, you started to get to work establishing yourself in the firearms industry. And so uh, you've worked for some very notable companies. I don't know if you want to mention them or not, but definitely some real big name companies in the industry. Tell us a little bit about your journey leading up to primary arms and then what attracted you to the industry in the first place? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I joined the army as young as I possibly could. I may or may not have told my mom a story that may or may not have been true to get her to sign the waiver so I could join at 17. <laughs> uh, 
And she was furious with me when she found out what I'd done, but it was too late. I had signed my contract and that was it. I was in. Um, so I joined at 17, uh, was in till, yeah, 2009. Um, you know, I spent quite a bit of time overseas, did, did a few deployments and got to do a lot of cool stuff. Um, ended up getting hurt my last deployment. And when I got out, it was, I was out like that was it. Right. And I joined at 17 years old. So like I never went to school. I didn't really know what to do with my life. And, uh, all I'd ever really done is basically carry a firearm in a professional capacity. Um, you know, that infantry skill set really doesn't have a lot of civilian (laughs) applications. So (laughs) (laughs) if I wanted to mop floors somewhere, it would have been great cutting grass, uh, one blade at a time would have been fantastic at that. Um, painting rocks, you know, I, I had a unique skill set. Unfortunately, none of it was marketable. So I went and I decided, well, I'm just going to be retired. You know, I'm medically retired out of the military. I might as well be retired. That lasted like two weeks. <laughs> and that was way too much time to myself. Like, this is a dangerous place to be. <laughs> so I ended up, um, I was in Billings, Montana at the time. And I ended up going to work for a farm and ranch supply store that happened to have a gun section. I figured I was pretty much spending all day in there every day anyway, so they might as well pay me to be there. <laughs> um, went in and talked to the manager and um, literally said, hey, I want to work here. I want to work at the gun counter. He said, hey, you're that dude who hangs out over at the gun counter all the time. I said, yep. He said, can you start today? I said, yes. And the <laughs> rest was history. Wow. Very cool. <laughs> um, ended up you know, working just regular gun counter guy and uh, did that for a little bit. Um, moved up to manage that department fairly rapidly, um, and then take over the whole hook and bullet section. So, um, kind of all the outdoor stuff, uh, ended up leaving there and getting a, or I was offered a job, offered a position as a, uh, firearms and ammunition buyer for a multi-store sporting goods chain based out of Montana. Um, at the time there were four locations and um, ended up doing that for a couple of years. And that's when I really started to make uh, a lot of the kind of relationships on this side of the industry, um, the, you know, this side being the manufacturing side, um, where, you know, those relationships that I had built um, ended up presenting themselves as an opportunity to go work for a, what is now a very large optics manufacturer based out of uh, Wisconsin. Um, used to be Madison. Now it's out of Barneville, Wisconsin. Fantastic company. They make fantastic stuff. Um, oddly enough, they've actually turned into the largest sporting goods optics manufacturer in the world. So good for them. Um, and it is much deserved. It's uh, a lot of great products and a lot of great people up there. Um, turns out it gets cold in Wisconsin. I don't know if you guys knew that. Um, I hate the cold, when I, Steve. I hate the cold. Oh, man. So when I went in, they, they kind of tricked me a little bit. I went in for my interview, and I'm I'm in Billings, Montana, right? It's not exactly the tropics in Billings, Montana. <laughs> but they brought me out to Madison, Wisconsin in the fall, and all the leaves were changing. We don't have trees in, Wisconsin, in uh, Montana. It's just all flat prairie. So there's all these giant plants with all these gorgeous red and orange and stuff all over the place. Um, day one of my interview was riding motorcycles for most of the day with uh, the guy that brought me out there. And then day two, I actually sat down and spoke to some people in the morning, kind of went over my resume and my background. And then at about 10 o'clock, 
we stopped all the talking shenanigans and went out to the range and shot for the rest of the day. Sounds like an awesome um, interview. <laughs> oh, it was phenomenal. Motorcycles and guns. Yeah. It was it was amazing. Um, so they ended up uh, offering me that position. I went to work there. I was a national sales manager there. Um, so a lot of lot of road time, a lot of shows. Um, you meet everybody. It's that's as a you know, somebody who's breaking into this industry on the manufacturing side, if you really want to get in and you want to learn what the industry is about, sales is a way to do it. Um, that's where you meet everybody. You really learn how the industry works. You get to learn about all the frustrations and all of the great things that happen, all the highs and lows. Um, it's, it's hard at times, but it, sometimes it's great. You get the opportunity to do a lot of really unique, cool stuff as well. So I did that for a while and then ended up um, starting up the Mill LE division uh, or Mill LE sales division there. Uh, did that for a few years, ended up running a couple of people, um, got to talk to a lot of the dudes and work with product development quite a bit. I worked very, very closely with them on a couple of uh, special projects that uh, they were working on at the time and um, got to develop some really, really cool stuff that uh, actually they just won a contract for. So big congratulations to them on that as well. Cool. Um, but you know, that, that cold, the weird white stuff starts falling out of the sky and you know, I, that was not motorcycle weather and going to the range outdoors was painful at times. So I decided, uh, it was time to part ways there and I retired again. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> this time I, I had a little bit better idea what I was going to do. And, um, I bought an RV and the plan was I've got four kids. So the plan was to jump in this RV and travel around to all the places that we want to go and homeschool the kids and take them to, you know, all the civil war battle sites and That's we'll cool. go scuba diving to learn about sea life down in Florida. And we'll do all this stuff. So dumped a whole bunch of time and money into this RV to get it ready. And I got a call from a friend of mine in Dallas who said, Hey, um, we just bought another company and we don't know what we're doing. You're an optics guy. Would you mind coming down and showing us some stuff? We're at NRA. Like, yeah, sure thing. I'll come out. So I drove from at the time, Madison, Wisconsin over to Indianapolis and, um, did the NRA show, stood in their booth for them and tried to teach them about all this stuff that they were now manufacturing. Mm. And, um, they pretty much said, hey, so apparently you know what you're talking about, and um, do you just want to move to Texas? Like, <laughs> you know what? I hear it doesn't snow down there. Sure thing. <laughs> so we packed family up, and we moved down to Texas. Um, ended up working for them for it was three or four years, something like that. I, I don't know. Time flies by so fast. Um, but worked with them for quite a while. And um, oddly enough, that first year that I was down there, second year that I was down there was what I'm sure everybody knows, the great um, Snowmageddon of Texas <laughs> when the entire state froze. Um, we got a whole two and a half, three inches of snow and everything shut down. People were losing their minds. It was complete pandemonium. Steven, let me stop you really quick. Have you ever thought that maybe just wherever you go, the snow, weather yeah. snow follows you? I'm I'm pretty sure that's what it is. It's <laughs> It just follows like i was deployed in um you know afghanistan you you kind of figure you're gonna hit snow um iraq not so much and when you're rolling around you're like dude my thermals aren't working i can't see anything and you start cracking hatches and looking outside and everything's covered in snow like <laughs> it was 90 degrees yesterday <laughs> like it's uh yeah I, I think it might be me i think you're right that's uh i'm just <laughs> 
doomed to it. It's a curse that will follow me for the rest of my days. <laughs> Maybe you're just Santa Claus. Yeah. It's like... That could be it too. That could be. I, I tend to lose time this time of year. I just, I'm not sure what happens. It's probably when I go around breaking so, and entering into people's houses and instead of stealing stuff, I just leave stuff, leave stuff instead. just random stuff. And <laughs> so, and so that, and so that was, that was, that was how you wound up in primary arms though. They were, cause you guys are in Texas, correct? Yeah. So, um, being up in Dallas, um, I worked for that company for a little while and, um, you know, developed a relationship with the guys down at PA and, um, Marshall Lerner, the owner of PA, absolutely awesome dude. Um, probably one of the coolest people I've ever met. Um, the guy's business prowess is just insane. Um, what he's been able to do and what he's been able to build and, um, just is the way he, he runs his life is, is pretty incredible. So building a relationship with him, he, uh, ended up, um, offering me a position and it was about time for me to leave the other company that I was working with. So timing kind of worked out on that. And he brought me in, said, Hey, um, you know, we're looking for a new director of product marketing for the optics division. Um, you know, basically when can you start? And, um, so a couple of weeks later I was actually commuting between Dallas and Houston. So if you're not from Texas, um, that's about a five and a half hour drive with oh, no wow. traffic, but wow. there is never no traffic in Dallas or Houston. So <laughs> you're looking at six to six and a half hours on a good day. Um, and I did that for about four months and then, uh, thankfully we were able to sell our house up in Dallas. We moved into a place down here. I actually took ownership of the house that I'm currently in on Christmas Eve two years ago. So wow. Christmas Eve this year will be our two-year anniversary. See, the all these big things. Yeah, you are that, Santa Claus. You are Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, checks out. Checks out. That math works out. So, yeah. so <laughs> I had read a, a post recently on your LinkedIn profile where you said uh, marketing isn't about selling a product. It's about selling a lifestyle. And I was like, oh, that, that kind of hit me pretty pretty good. And I wanted to see if, uh, you know, it also helps that when you said that there's a picture of you running gear while hanging out of the side of a helicopter. <laughs> so that is pretty cool. That is a pretty yep. cool lifestyle. <laughs> but can you go into a little, a little deeper? Like, what, what do you really mean by that? You know, right? Because, like, I, you do think that marketers just want to show us a product, right? So tell us about the lifestyle side of marketing. Yeah, I mean, like, if you think about it, you know, I can I can show you this cool widget that I've got, and it's really neat, and you're really going to like it. It's going to work really well with the other collection of widgets that you have. Um, you're going to buy this thing, and then it will sit on the shelf next to the other widgets that you have. Um, so, you know, I can tell you about that thing all day long, but it's not going to strike a chord with you and you know, make you passionate about that thing. I'm, I mean, a scope is a scope, right? It's an aluminum tube with some glass in it. We etch some stuff on the inside that makes it a little bit easier to do what you're trying to do. If I try to sell you that scope and I tell you about the features and I start talking about extra low dispersion glass and apochromatic coatings and all this other stuff. Yeah. Like nobody <laughs> cares. Right. But if I start marketing a lifestyle, if I start showing you like well like that that image you were talking about um me hanging out of the side of a yeah. little bird um in central texas flying around doing cool stuff with cool gear 
um, running through a shoot house, running little suppressed SBRs and um, throwing smoke and doing all live fire stuff with your friends. Like you start to sell that lifestyle. And, you know, now the customer, the person that's looking at that, they don't want to buy that thing. They want to be that guy. Yep. And when you want to be that guy, it's a lot easier to get behind it and become, you know, impassioned with it. And, you know, this is, this is what I want to be. This is what I want to do. That looks like so much fun. I want to be in that situation. That's when you're like, okay, well, you know, if I'm going to do this, I need this piece of gear and I need that gun and I need to be shooting with these, you know, ear pro and this plate carrier. And it really starts to build a almost a a avatar of yourself and then people strive to be that avatar so it's and it it builds so, passion for uh, whatever your brand is it gives you that viability and the the uh basically the the realism because you know you are that guy if you're out there actually doing those things people can tell if you know how to shoot or if you don't and by I'm, the and way I'm all, video and i'm all behind pictures. and i'm all behind that like that that uh, picture that you're painting, right? And I guess, and I didn't think about this until you started talking about it, but, you know, we start hearing, or at least I've seen a little bit and hearing a little bit in, in um, you know, in the news that, you know, marketing how cool of a lifestyle this is, is something that is being looked at being restricted. So how does, you know, it is. Like, where does that kind of come into play? And I... I, I think I think if if uh, anti gunners had their way, they'd also restrict you marketing how cool it is to have this scope on this rifle. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and you know that's that's kind of the one of the challenges in the marketing game. Like one thing that you'll notice, um, especially with with primary arms optics with our brand. Um, like we're not in video games. There's we don't put our reticles in video games. We don't like. Do you get our, asked? optics oh all the time really all the time okay, interesting. yeah mm. all the time um and you know that that deal as far as advertising goes is amazing because mm. i mean if you think about it you have millions of people that will be looking at your products at any given time because of you know the the new uprising in esports um right. the everybody playing video games all this stuff but we we refuse to do that because even though a lot of the games are rated m for mature they should be restricted to people that are a little bit older um they're sold to anybody and we know that a lot of kids play games and we you know we do know that it's kind of a gray area there but it's just you know we don't want we don't want to advertise to kids um they're not our customer base they're not our our key demographic that's that's not what we're looking for so we're very careful to do stuff like that and with a lot of the other stuff that's out there like you know creating that cool lifestyle it's it's very delicate i guess um what you can and can't do because it's it's that that key demographic that you're looking for people who can legally purchase your products um and you don't want to necessarily influence people that can't legally purchase your products because of age restrictions or whatever it is to try to, you know, find a way, come across them in a less than legal manner. Yeah. So I, I do want, I want to get back to primary arms, the company a little bit. So you guys, you're probably best known for your optics, but the company really 
it it carries a lot of products, a full product line from, and even other carries other companies' lines. But the company prides itself on its customer service and its knowledgeable staff. And and in 2021, you guys extended your lifetime warranty to all of your optics. Why did the company decide to make that decision? You know, over the years, um, we've strived to provide the best quality products we can to our customers. So we have a few different divisions of the company. So we have our .com, which a lot of people are super familiar with. You know, we, they sell a little bit of everything from everybody. It's one of the um, larger firearms-based or um, shooting-based e-coms in the country. Um, just a massive, massive breadth of product and um, pretty much a one-stop shop for anybody who likes to run guns. Um, now, as far as the optics division goes, you know, we're kind of our own separate organization. And as we've grown over the years, um, our quality control, our engineering, our design, manufacturing, testing processes have developed and progressed um, until the point where we're at now where, you know, everything that we make is great. Our fallout rate is very, very minimal. Um, our return rate is very, very minimal. It's one of the best return rates in the industry. And, um, you know, our customers helped us get there. We couldn't achieve what we have achieved as an organization without our customers. So, A, um, we believe in our product and we trust our product and we want our customers to as well. We're going to back that up with that lifetime warranty. If anything ever happens to it, um, it breaks for whatever reason, stops working. It doesn't matter. As long as it's got our name on it, we're going to take care of it. We don't need receipts. We don't need boxes. We don't need anything as long as it's one of our products. Now, I'm going to emphasize that it has to be one of our products because we have had people <laughs> send our boxes with other people's stuff in it. Um, so it's got to be our products. Um, That's ballsy. <laughs> yeah, it was it was I, like I got to give it to the guy. That was that was a good move. It was a good move. <laughs> <laughs> he probably thought nobody's going to look at it. Just, yeah. you know, he so, actually went so far as to like, I think he had like a cricket, you know, the little vinyl cutters and he made little logos and like the oh. ACSS logo and the SLX branded logo and stuck oh, them nice. onto like wow. some no name scope. It was, he went, uh, he I have went, it on my desk. Really, it's impressive. <laughs> he he really tried hard. I would save that one. That kind of brings me to you know my question. Could I could I just say something yeah, yeah, really quick? Ahead. I'm I'm sorry. So I just want to say because you say that, and I'm I feel like listeners might say, well, you know, he's a marketing guy and he has to say how good their company's customer service is. But I actually have a couple personal stories. Um, so I've never been given um, a product from Primary Arms uh, other than the. Uh, product that you guys are going to be giving away for, for our listeners. So that just happened. But prior to that, I've never been given anything. Um, I bought a red dot for my first AR build, um, years ago and I bought it and, you know, I really honestly didn't shoot the gun a whole lot. And one day I went to go turn it on and shoot it and it just didn't fire up. It was way beyond the, at the time, the warranty period, um, way beyond like might've been a year or more beyond the warranty. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm like, I've never even shot this thing. Like I, I've shot it like a handful of times. I'm like, let me call them. And I called and I was like, I, I understand that this is beyond the warranty. Here's the deal. I've only shot it a handful of times. Y your customer service people were like, just send it in. We'll get you a new one. Don't worry about it. And I was like, wow. Uh, okay, thanks. And sure enough, sent it in and a new one came in and I've had that optic since and I've shot it a lot more and I've never had a problem with it. But you know, that was something you guys didn't have to do. 
and you did. And I was like, man, that that's how you handled it was way better than what happened with the product, you know? And then the other really quick story is I mentioned I had just recently bought a uh, LPVO and I was in, I was researching what I wanted, which one I wanted. And at the time I was looking at some product, one of the LPVOs, I don't remember which one. And I wanted a certain kind of throw lever. I wasn't sure if it was available. And I called you guys up and they were like, no, we don't offer that. They were like, but this company does, they make an aftermarket product. And if you, they gave me the website, they gave me the guy's phone number, his contact name. He was like a real small individual, like, I think he did like 3D printing. And I was like, I don't, how do you even know this guy? And they're like, ah, that question comes up a lot. Like, we, <laughs> we, we kind of remember, we, we remember these kind of things. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, they sent me in his direction. And I went up not buying that that particular LPVO and I didn't need it. But it was just really cool. Like, they, they really know the product. And in both situations, I really felt a very, you know, a very good experience had happened for me. So... I, what you're saying is not just like a marketing thing. Those are personal stories from from my experience, and they were both very good good experiences. That's so awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we you know we really pride ourselves on that. Like I was saying, we wouldn't be where we are without our customers, and you know we we want to take care of our customers. So you know the business point. Yes, I am the marketing guy, and I do have to say nice things about my company. But <laughs> you know, if you want to look at it from you know that business aspect of it is everybody's in this to make money, right? That's what businesses do. We make money. Yep. The people that treat the customers right, that the customers keep coming back to, those are the ones that succeed. The ones that don't necessarily back up their products, they're not nice to their customers, they can't support them, then those aren't the ones that succeed. And we saw a lot of those drop off, you know, after the last, you know, what was it? Six, seven years ago, the last big, you know, gun buying craze we had. People making ARs came out of the woodwork. There are new AR companies popping up everywhere. And they lasted about six months and disappeared because they didn't have that customer support and they couldn't build that brand loyalty. And, you know, that's what we really, really pride ourselves on. Also, you know, customer support isn't just when things go wrong. It's, you know, like you were saying, hey, I have this situation. I'm running this gun. I'm going to go on this hunt. I'm looking for a piece of glass. What should I get? I'm looking for a shooting mat. What should I get? I want a new barrel for my rifle. What do you recommend? So our customer service team, um, you know, we've got two tiers of that customer service team. There's the um, hobby shooters that are, you know, just average shooters in our industry. They like to go out to the range. They like to run guns. They don't necessarily compete. They don't go and travel all over the world and go hunt and do crazy stuff like that. Um, but they they know what they're talking about, and they have a lot of personal experience with most of the stuff that we sell. Then we have our subject matter experts, and those SMEs are the competitive shooters. They are the, you know, travel as much as they can during hunting season they go out west and do you know elk hunting in uh, colorado or they go to new mexico for archery elk or up to idaho um, for late rifle or you know those are the guys that really get into the weeds and when you're like all right so i'm going on a ram hunt in colorado in late december i want to shoot the 6.5 rpm um, and I need to have a gun that's under seven pounds glassed up. What do you recommend? Like we have people that are like, Oh dude, I have that setup. It's great. This is what you want. X gun B mount Z scope. And it will weigh this much. You can put this bipod on it. You'll be at 7.25 pounds. Um, if you carry it in this pack, you won't even know it's there and they can that's give cool. you that personal experience, which is super rare, super rare. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, do you have any more funny return stories? Like, uh, you know, I don't know, 
somebody uh, somebody's wife found out how much they paid for the scope and, and threw <laughs> oh it yeah or yeah that that actually happens like way more than you'd think it does oh, I bet it does <laughs> it, it's and you and always know it, it huh? too because the guy will call in and be like hey so yeah I uh, I ordered something and I got to return it sure <laughs> you know happy to help you was there something wrong with the product we're so sorry what can we do um we're happy to help you out here he's like yeah you know it's just it's not gonna work out um <laughs> and they always like dance around it they don't want to say it like she said no huh or sometimes <laughs> like he said no huh <laughs> and it's like yeah like no problem we'll send you a shipping label you don't even have to worry about it like <laughs> Sorry, man. Feel free to keep the stickers that were in the box. Like, um, we've had that. I had a scope come in recently um, that got shot. Um, it mm. was actually a SLX one to six. Took around to the objective, or not the objective, the uh, ocular housing, um, which was pretty cool. Uh, it was pretty direct on. I would say it was pretty probably, good shot. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a good shot. Um, now, whether or not it was intentional Intended. or not who knows <laughs> um but it, it comes across my desk because um you know the inspection team brings a lot of stuff over to me to look at too because you know like i said i've been doing professional gun stuff for over 20 years now and um so they bring it to me i take a look at it like well there's your problem got shot and you can see <laughs> where but it was odd the bullet didn't penetrate the scope there was a um one layer of aluminum that got that had a hole put in it and got kind of peeled back a little bit. But because of where that bullet hit is where the main stack of lenses are, uh, it mm -hmm. didn't even penetrate the inner aluminum. It rubbed the mm -hmm. anodizing off of it and shattered the inside glass elements. It's actually really cool because the outside glass elements are still perfect. There's nothing wrong with them at all, but it held all the shattered glass inside. So you mm -hmm. look through it and it looks kind of like a kaleidoscope. And <laughs> they're like, so we don't really know what we're doing with this. Like, well, first of all, we're going to send the dude a new scope. Um, they're like, yep, we already got that going. It's in the mail. It's like, sweet. Uh, do you have his contact information? I'd love to get a hold of him and just get the story behind this thing. <laughs> so I shot him an email and uh, they told me he was out and about. Um, he actually had it overseas and it ended up taking around and uh, he loved the scope. It was great. He sent it in. He didn't he think military? he'd be able to do anything was, with he it. He was a military guy? Yeah. Yep. He was a military dude. Um, now, it wasn't like on a, you know, we'd, we'd that particular scope, especially, um, you know, isn't any military contract special scope or anything like that. Um, it's just his personal scope that he happened to have. And, um, yeah, anyway, it took a round and he's like, yeah, dude, I sent it back to you guys. I didn't even think you would be able to do anything with it. I just thought you might like to see it or have it or whatever. Like, absolutely. So it's going in my return well, we're case. We're keeping it. Right here. <laughs> um, you have a new scope coming to you. And he's, oh, that's so awesome. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, guys. just super nice dude. And uh, yeah, it was, so that one's sitting in our case. Um, I've had house fire scopes. Um, I've had, and those look really cool. So unfortunately, you know, usually when your house burns down, it's a pretty bad day, but silver lining if you have any scopes that are anodized black, intense heat does cool things to anodizing and it turns it like this marbly bronzy color. So uh -huh. once you do dig your guns out of the ashes um, and you fill out all your insurance forms, keep those tubes because uh, a lot of times you can actually rebuild them into working optics and they just look really oh, cool. Oh, wow. There <laughs> there you oh, go. I didn't know that. That's Silver lining. Yeah. I like it. Silver lining. So... One goal that Keith and I have discussed is getting out to some more industry events. So we've been podcasting about three years. 
We recently went out to Arizona for a um, uh, an event that the Second Amendment Foundation had done. Um, I, got, I got to speak at their event and <clears throat> we went out to Arizona. That was really our first kind of really big trip, I would say, right, Keith? We've done yeah. some smaller yeah. trips, but we haven't done a lot of like industry events. And so tell us a little bit about Primary Arms Range Day. Oh, if you haven't been to Primary Arms Range Day, you have to go. Um, so we do the... Uh, primary arms optics range day it's the day before um, or the weekend before nra every year uh, wherever nra is so um, last year we were lucky enough to be able to host it at um, it was actually a government facility we were um, uh, name escapes me right now but um yeah it's a government facility a military training base uh, they had a range there uh, that we hosted this thing on and we bring out a bunch of our industry partners. Um, that's one of the coolest things about the industry is like, even though a lot of us are competitors, um, we're all friends with each other. We all work with each other. We all understand like, Hey, you know, this pie is big enough for all of us. We can all have our own piece and we'll be fine. And, you know, I'm really good at this thing. This is what we specialize in. You're really good at your thing. That's what you specialize in. Um, so we all get together and we can do cool things like this. So we'll have, um, you know, two or three different suppressor manufacturers come out, a bunch of firearms manufacturers come out, ammo guys will come out, um, you know, optics will be out there. We'll have all these people and it's not just shooting. We'll do things at this last one. We had um, a human hungry, hungry hippo game. We had <laughs> yeah, a, oh, I was amazing. Um, a human claw machine game where like you, they suspend you from this thing and there's these giant beach balls and they like dip you down and you have to grab them <laughs> and then you win the prize. Um, What's the weight it, limit on something like that? Um, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty big. We had some of the, uh, some of He's the bigger big people guy. out there. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I, at the time I was a much larger guy. I've, I've actually been working really hard at it and was able to lose a whole bunch of weight lately. But, um, yeah, it was, it would be fine. I, I didn't see a single person that they turned away and, uh, we had some, some definitely some bigger people out there. So you'll be you're, all right. You're medium Keith these days anyway. You're, yeah, you're that's, true. that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, like ax throwing and, um, what did we have? We had archery skeet shooting out there. We had. Oh, I saw oh, that. I saw the video no. of that. Yeah. Oh, it's cool. And it's, that, it's impossible. Like it's so that. hard to do. I think yeah. all day I saw one difficult. person. Hit I can't it and do it was regular like skeet shooting. It. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, it's impossible, <laughs> but oh so much. Fun. Were they, they had it. Did you shorten the distances or were they like the regular skeet distances? No, it's, it is much shorter. And the, like the, the, it's not really a clay. It's a, like a big foam disc. And when it launches, uh, it launches kind of up and flat and you have your bow and everybody tries to shoot at it all at once. And it's, it's just, it's complete pandemonium, but it's so fun to do. <laughs> darts are flying everywhere. Uh, and so now for the people, it's like OG lawn darts back in the days. It's so much nice. <laughs> so for the people listening, for our listeners, this is an event that's open to the public. This is not just gun industry people, correct? Yeah, 100%. It is open to the public. Um, we announce it and we do, um, unfortunately, depending on where we're located, uh, we can only have so many people there. So sure. um, we do usually have like a tickets kind of thing. So you can get your tickets come in. You can go up and down the line, shoot all the guns that you want to shoot, um, test out all the suppressors. We do a, and actually we just started doing it this year. Um, so every time we take a break to go reset targets, to go do whatever we got to do, 
um, when we come back from that break, the first couple of minutes are suppressors only. So you can shoot and actually hear what the suppressor sounds like. You can feel the gun, you know, really test out that equipment. Um, and then, you know, we open it up to everybody and everybody starts going nuts. Like, um, I think this year we even had a 18 inch 338 Lapua shooting 360 grain Cinars or something like that. And the, the way the baffles were on that particular range, that thing shook your teeth loose. It was so loud, but really, really <laughs> cool gun to shoot. Um, and then because, you know, because it was in Indy this last year, of course, the uh, Indy 500, we had a, uh, uh, Indy car racing simulator out there as well that people could go practice driving an Indy car. So, um, a little bit of everything for everybody. Okay. So a couple of questions. So first off you, I, the, the way I read it, like you're very open to content creators coming, correct? Do you guys do oh, anything yeah. special for content creators? Do you give them like, you know, like for podcasters, is there like podcast row or anything like that? Or what do you guys do for content creators? Yeah, so we do. Um, it's like a kind of like a media badge kind of thing. So when you come in, okay. you you will be you get your media badge, and um, like this year, we actually had early access. So all the content creators came in first. Um, so they had access to all of the factory reps that were out there, all the equipment. They could run the guns. They could do everything just like everybody else could. But it was just them. So they got. Cool. Um, all the time in the world to do any interviews that they wanted. They could go and talk to whoever they wanted, do whatever they wanted, um, really kind of maximize their time there. And then, um, you know, halfway through the day, once they were kind of wrapping up, then we opened it up to the public and everybody else came through. Um, and honestly, you know, we thought that, well, you know, when public starts coming in, most of the content creators will kind of taper off and they'll probably go get something to eat and take off. Um, but that's not at all what happened. They all stayed there. And just like they were interviewing all of us industry people, now they were going through and talking to just, you know, the public that was coming through like, okay, so I really cool. liked this suppressor and this gun and this thing and that thing. And they would go and interview people that just shot those. What do you think of it? What do you think of it? What do you think of it? So that's um, awesome. Yeah. It gives the opportunity to really, really, especially for, um, well, really anybody, newer channels, um, well-established channels, anything like that, um, gives you the opportunity to get a lot of very unique content um, with a very large breadth of information in a very short period yep. of time, which is rare. Very cool. Awesome. So besides attending all these uh, cool industry events and, you know, due to your position, you also do some vlogs, you record a podcast. Um, you know, what are some you know, maybe your most memorable vlog or your, or a podcast that you've done? Yeah. Um, so I, we do a lot of podcasts, um, and I record a lot of videos. Um, some of the more memorable, well, riding around in helicopters and going through shoot houses and stuff. Um, we I, actually I had a feeling in, that was probably pretty high up there. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. We actually brought in the guys from, um, you got to do that a couple dozen times before it's not cool. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, like I did a lot of that in the military and like a lot and it was never not cool. <laughs> like it's, it's always <laughs> yeah. fun. Yeah, Even when they're falling out of the sky, it's still fun. It's a lot scarier, yeah. but it's still a good time. But there's, um, you know, we brought in the guys from 100 concepts. They make awesome, um, like anti-reflection devices and scope caps and stuff for optics. They do. I'm looking again, some of their scope caps. Oh, I, I saw your so video nice. with them and I, I'm, I, I was, I've been needing scope caps for for the lpvo and i've been looking at them so i, I gotta reach out to those guys yeah they're i mean if you've never played with them that is the scope cap to get um it's cool. it's hands down the best system that's out there 
Um, they do them for your lights too, which a lot of people don't think about like lens covers for your lights. Negligent discharge with white light is a real thing and it's a real bad thing. So if you're a professional that carries a gun for a living, especially a long gun, having a cap for your light is not a bad idea. Um, and also these lights, I mean, you look at, uh, the cloud defense stuff, some of the mod light stuff, surefires, all that stuff, they're not cheap. So, you know, why not protect that investment? Um, especially with something as simple as a cap, um, yeah. super, super good product. We also brought out the guys from antimatter. Uh, you might remember them as the people that broke the internet. Um, they have the scope switch, um, which allows you to adjust the magnification on your optic without coming off of the gun. Yeah, you maintain control cool. of the firearm. It, you know, when I, I first heard about it, I didn't even see it. I first heard about it because they released a video, and I started getting phone calls at like three o'clock in the morning because it was our scope. And everybody's like, "Dude, what is this? What kind of crazy <laughs> wizard magic is Voodoo this?" Like, magic. I have no idea, man. I've never heard of this. I've never seen it. I don't know what's going on. So like my mission number one from that day was like figure out what this thing is. So for people who don't know, basically it's like a little slider that goes on your your handguard and you basically, as you're gripping onto that with your C-clamp, your, your C-grip, you basically slide that up and down and it changes your magnification without you having to move your hand from the handguard to your, like a throw lever. Um, it's, it's really, really fucking cool. It's a little spendy. I mean, like if you look at the price, it's a bit spendy, but it's fucking cool. There's no it other is. way around it. It's yeah. amazing. Um, yeah, it, it really changes is. the way you shoot an LPVO. And honestly, like no. I've got one on a three to 18 changes the way I shoot that gun. Um, yeah. you know, usually when people shoot an LPVO, it's like, okay, I have a one to eight. So when I'm shooting stuff up close, I'm at one power. When I shoot stuff farther away, regardless of how much farther away it is, I'm at eight power. Because you crank that thing all the way up and then you shoot at distance. With this, like we went out and did testing when we did this whole um, video shoot thing and we're running it and we did these transition drills from um, seven yard steel to 50 yard steel back to seven yard steel. And when you drive that gun to that 50 yard target and you start zooming in, as soon as you're comfortable with a sight picture, like, yep, that's good enough. And you can squeeze, engage, and then come right back to one. Like it just cuts your times down so much. If you're a competitive shooter, um, you know it doesn't matter if you're a professional firearms carrier. If you're doing whatever you're doing, uh, you, if you're running LPVO, it's a it's it's a hard accessory not to have. Um, it like I'll never run an LPVO without it again. It's just it's that good. What do you think is the next evolution for vlogging and podcasting? Where where is this going to go? Mm, that's a hard one. Um, I would say. Do you, do you have any concerns about it being more regulated or anything like that? You know, there's there's always that. There's always somebody trying to stifle the voice, right? And it's it's not just a firearms industry. It's it's everybody. There's always somebody out there, like we were talking about before. Their job is to get upset. So there's always going to be that person. But thankfully, because of where we are, um, there's that whole freedom of speech thing. Um if it works for one side, it works for both. Now, that's not saying that there isn't going to be a fight and there isn't going to be, um, you know, people testing the system and trying things like, you know, say not necessarily implementing a new law, but changing the definition of words that have meant the same thing for so long. So it instantly makes a whole bunch of people felons overnight, things like that. You know, they, they're not necessarily breaking the law and changing things, but they are sort of kind of. Um, 
we're always going to have that struggle. But I think that because of where we are, because of the country that we live in and the freedoms that we do have, uh, I really do think that we're going to be able to kind of continue doing our own thing. Now, you know, there are private platforms out there that might restrict and shadow ban and things like that. But, um, you know, there'll, there'll always be ways around it. Unfortunately, you know, this is a, they're private platforms. Um, you know, it's, if, they decide that they don't want to have that kind of content or they don't agree with that particular message because they are a private yeah. organization. They have every right in the world to say, sorry, nope, you're not doing it here. Um, you yeah. know, just like anybody else does yeah. right to refuse business. But um, yeah, I mean, I think nobody will ever be able to actually silence the voice. There's always going to be channels, avenues and outlets for it. And uh, it's just, it might be a little challenging to find where those new channels and avenues are, but um you know, they'll, they'll definitely be there and there'll definitely be messages continuing to be spread for sure. So I feel like Primary Arms has really come up with some cool innovations. I mean, talked about the, um, uh, the the new reticle that you guys are doing. And in recent years, there's been a lot of stuff. So the ACSS Vulcan reticle is one that comes to mind for me. Uh, could you tell listeners who haven't heard of the Vulcan a little bit about it? Uh, I, I think it's really cool. I don't have one. I've never used one, but the concept, the fact that you're exploring those kinds of concepts is really, really neat. Yeah. I mean, the, the Vulcan is revolutionary. You know, a lot of the stuff in our industry now is evolutionary. It's a, it's a, an adaptation or an improvement on an existing concept. Um, rarely do we see something that's absolutely revolutionary that changes things that something that nobody has ever done before. Um, and that's kind of where the Vulcan hit and which is funny because I mean, the Vulcans in a pistol reflex, right? It's one of the simplest optics that you can have. Most of them only have one lens and one single emitter. Um, the mechanics in them are very, very simple. Um, and there are some of the smallest optics that are out there, but what the Vulcan does is uh, it's actually got an element, a ring, that's designed to fall outside of the field of view. So you can't see it as long as you're presenting the gun correctly and you're on target. Now, when you can okay. see it is if you have a bad grip coming out of the holster, you're shooting offhand around a barricade or something like that, where normally you would lose the dot in the window. And then you're kind of sitting there fishing for it. You know, you're wiggling your wrists and moving your head around trying to figure out where that dot went. Well, this circle, it's 250 MOA in our larger optics, and it's a little bit smaller in the smaller ones, but it still works the same way. Um, because that circle's so big, uh, once you lose that dot out of the window, you can still see that circle. And, you know, because we all went to kindergarten, we know what shape a circle is, and we know when we see the outside of a circle, which direction the middle of that circle is. So by seeing that circle, you know which way to drive that gun to get it back on the target, get your dot back where it needs to be to accurately and rapidly engage. Um, and nobody's ever done that before. Nobody's designed a reticle that you're not supposed to see, um, yeah. which is what we did with the Vulcan. And it's been and so amazing. It's, it's ridiculously popular and it works extremely well. Every carry gun that I have, everything that I have with a dot on it runs a Vulcan now. And so you guys partnered up with Holosun for that. So it's not your own product. I think that was amazing. That was a really, I'm a big Holosun fan. So I, I think that's really cool that you were able to do that. And I'm sure there are some people out there that are like, well, if you just draw it right the first time, you wouldn't need that, <laughs> right? And so, oh, yeah. yeah, okay, maybe. But first off, there's, there's new people coming in the industry that mm -hmm. they need a learning curve. So there's that. And then second is, 
as good as you are, nobody can predict what it's going to be like under stress, under pressure, when things go, you know, go bad. So um, I just think it's a cool innovation. You know, I think it's really, really kind of neat. Now, SHOT Show uh, is a few weeks away as of the release of this episode. Uh, not to put you on the spot, but any little teasers you can drop for us? Anything that maybe <laughs> we can get a little little, little sneak peek on? Um. Yeah, there's a. I guess there's a couple of things that I can. I, I don't think I can give it all away, but I can give you guys a couple little clues. Um, take it. So we do have an optic that's coming out. And I can actually tell you what it is because we announced it at Shot Show last year. Unfortunately, because of manufacturing constraints, it kind of took a while to get out. But the RS15 um, that is going to be commercially available, uh, shortly after shot show. So, um, towards the end of January, it'll actually be up for sale and ready. Um, you know, you said the Vulcan was in the Holosun products, which Holosun has been an absolutely phenomenal partner with us. Um, our GLX RS 15 is the first, uh, PA product, um, PA design engineered product that has the Vulcan in it. Uh, we're super excited about that be able to get that out to people um one of the most requested optics that we have ever had uh in the lpbo range um might be seeing a debut there um we get asked for a lot of different stuff but this is definitely one <laughs> of the things we hear about the most um and what is that going, it's it's a it's a really good LPVO. <laughs> okay. uh, I can't give too much away to it, but That's um, okay. people are going to be super stoked to see it. Um, and honestly, we think it'll be just about the only thing people will buy anymore uh, as far as wow. um, LPVOs go. It's really that good. Um, Sounds pretty cool. We've got... Uh, Sounds like I might need to build another rifle. Yo, 100%. 100%. If you don't have something that you can throw a great piece of glass on right now, you need to build something that you can. Well, I'm not a fan it. of... I'm not a fan of, of... Mike and I joke about this all the time. Like, I have a hard time. Like, once I build a rifle that works and it's set up properly, like, if something better comes out for it, I would just rather build another rifle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and keep building. Yeah. <laughs> Keep the if, one that's set up the way it is. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. it. Yep, hundred yeah. percent. And really, I mean, is there a bad excuse to buy a gun? Is no. no. Excuse, this right? is just my justification no. for it. Like I can find a ejection port pin. Be like, oh, I have parts. I need to build this into a gun. <laughs> like it's any any reason I can have. It is a good reason. I do it all the time. That's why that's fair. I don't have gun that's safes. Fair. I have gun rooms in my house at this <laughs> point. <laughs> yeah. um, well, that sounds pretty cool. Anything else? Yeah, we, we've got, uh, for the guys that like to run, um, short and fast, um, you know, the, the red dot crowd and the one X micro prism crowd. Uh, we got some new products coming out for those guys. Again, uh, another product that people have been asking about a whole lot, um, in that kind of, that one X realm, the red dot and, uh, you know, one X microprism round realm, um, you know, microprisms are again, another bread and butter for us. So we've been doing the, we have the one X micro, the three X micro, we released the five X micro this year. Um, and we're going to continue on with that tradition, um, continue to be the powerhouse as far as, uh, prisms go within the optics industry. Um, so yeah, a couple of new ver reticle variants that are coming out. We've got some really neat new ACSS reticles that'll be dropping. 
um, some new prescriptions in um, some of our, you know, our all-time favorites or customers' all-time favorites. So a little bit of everything, honestly, a little bit of everything. Um, there's definitely something for everybody. Got to choose one, night vision or thermal? Night vision. And what is the best primary arms optic, best value for night vision? The oh, I almost said the new one. Um, <laughs> uh, you tricky it. guys, you're tricky guys. Uh, best option for night vision would be will be the new one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, will be the new one. Uh, right now, uh, if I'm using a clip-on system in front of an optic, I would do the PLX Compact One to Eight in a Griff Mill reticle. If I am doing a headborne system or a DTMVG, I will be running a 3x micro prism with a 12 o'clock mount and our rs10 that's it awesome so where can people go to find all primarums products social media content where's all the the spots to go look so social media, we're on pretty much every platform that's out there. Um, it's uh, Primary Arms Optics. So Optics, we've got our own pages. Um, we usually put up the coolest content because we do cool stuff like flying helicopters. Um, <laughs> if you want to learn anything about our products, you can go to primaryarmsoptics.com. Or if you want to check out our products and looking for a great place to buy products, um, of course, i got to plug our, our .com as well. Um, so it's just primaryarms.com, the website everybody knows and loves. Uh, we also have an absolutely massive dealer network out there. So um, a lot of time, your local gun shop, um, we, we have a, like I said, huge dealer network. So check in with your local gun shops. Uh, if they don't have it, tell them they need it and uh, have them reach out to us and set up an account. And we can get it into the gun store near you. But yeah, we got them all over the place. Awesome. So we're going to do running gun, but before we do, I want to get to the contest rules. So we talked about the product. We talked about the fact there's going to be a contest. So here's how you win that awesome optic. You're going to go and you're going to follow the gun experiment and primary arms on Instagram. Then you're going to head over to the post on our page, on the gun experiments page. We will feature that awesome optic. We're going to have it up there, a nice picture of it. And it's it released this morning. So this episode came out, and so did that post. And you're going to go to that post. You're going to tag five friends, and that's it. And then the contest is going to end on uh, January 19th. So that gives you uh, over a week. So it's like oh, it's close to two weeks. So it gives people plenty of time. I know people are driving. I know people are on their commute. I, I don't want to make anybody miss out on this. So it gives you plenty of time. Head over, follow us, follow Primary Arms, and then go to the post and tag five friends. And then that will enter you to win uh, win the optic. And so there it is, nice and simple. Uh, and thanks again, Primary Arms, for, for sponsoring and helping work with us on this. Thank you. Our pleasure. Thanks for letting us, uh, letting us participate. It's a fantastic opportunity. We appreciate it. Awesome. And so are you uh, ready to run and gun? I'm ready. I'm ready. Awesome. I thought that night vision thing was. I thought we were getting into it. Like, okay, oh, here it is. <laughs> no, that was just a little prep. Yeah, just a little prep work. What is your favorite gun in your personal collection? Sig MCX. What gun would you buy if money was no object? Ooh, the uh, that new ballpup 50 cal with a recoiling barrel. Um, the Phalanx, I think it's called. It's it's pretty slick. I can't remember. If you could have a drink with one person, living or dead, who would it be? Teddy Roosevelt. Favorite caliber. 72 gram 556. Favorite hobby not gun related? Motorcycles. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? 
The power to stop time. All hell breaks loose is it better be armed or trained? Trained. Is it better be loved or feared? Loved. Rifle, pistol, or shotgun? Rifle. You're in the worst scenario imaginable. Who do you want to have your back other than your spouse? Uh, my marketing manager, Alex. Let's mix it up. All right. How do you do, Keith? 5530, the most specific ca- uh, caliber description we've had. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you uh, ended up coming in at number 21. Okay. All right. 21. Out of yeah, how it's many? Like the middle. Well, 22? 30, <laughs> yeah. 30, 34? 34. Yeah. Okay. That works. Cool. I'm good with that. Awesome. All right, so Let's Mix It Up is brought to us by 4Patriots.com. For months, you heard Keith and I talking on and on about how much we enjoyed the product and how great they've been to work with. They offer survival food and so much more, and now they've done something awesome just for our listeners. The folks over at 4Patriots set up a special page for you at 4Patriots.com forward slash gun experiment 10 so that listeners of this podcast can get weekly discounts and deals, but act quickly because the deals will change each week. Remember, head to 4Patriots.com forward slash gun experiment 10 each week and grab those deals. So on this episode of Let's Mix It Up, we're going to discuss primary arms, various optics, even more so than we already have, and the best applications for each. So to start off, for the most part, your LPVOs uh, and your, I shouldn't even say your LPVOs, your product lines run in the SLX versus GLX versus PLX lines. Um, I had mentioned earlier that I had purchased the GLX I have to say that when I was looking at it, I was it was hard to get a PLX, but man, the PLX looks friggin' awesome. That thing is amazing. So why don't we just sort of give like a real quick overview of the difference between SLX, GLX, PLX? So SLXs are um, entry level, right? That's when you first start getting into the ACSS reticles. It's got phenomenal features. Um, great optics, very clear, very sharp, and very, very good reticles with the ACSS selection in um, Raptors, Griffin, and Auroras and our LPBOs, as well as our new Nova fiber wire, um, up to our Athenas and our Apollos in the higher magnification optics for longer range engagements. Um, and by the way, you're mentioning all these names. Um, your website does an awesome job. Like you can kind of sort through things and figure out what you're looking for. It goes, does great with description. So if, if the listener is hearing all these terms, it is very easy to digest once you go on their website. It's very yeah. And it's, out. you know, if you have a reticle that you really like, you can search that reticle and you can see all the optics that it's available in. If and you even if you, but if you don't even know what, if you don't even know yeah. the reticles, there's pictures of them. It explains them. Like it's it's very spelled out. You guys do a great job with it. Oh, we appreciate it. Yeah, we try. We try to make it as as easy to navigate and learn as possible, for sure. Yeah. Um, so SLX is sort of the entry level. Then you move up to the GLX. Then we get into the GLX, yeah. So GLX, you're going to see um, premium features and materials at affordable prices. So you'll start to get into like with our 3 to 18 and our 4 and a half to 27 uh, steel on steel turrets. Um, you'll get into um, start to get into HD, uh, which is high density glass and extra low dispersion glass. Um, more advanced coatings, things like that. So you get really premium features um, at very very affordable pricing. So um, phenomenal mid tier, really great way to go. And right now for long range stuff, um, like I've got you guys can't see them now, but they're sitting behind me. I've got my 
um, NRL and PRS 22 open division gun sitting behind me. That's got a, a GLX sitting on it. And I've got my uh, PRS 65 PRC sitting behind me. That's also got a GLX on it. They're the long range glass. That one's a four and a half 27. They'll, that long range GLX glass is phenomenal. Okay. And um, then you move to the PLX, which is obviously your highest and, and nicest package yep. that you have. Yeah, PLX is our flagship. So the latest and greatest in technology, um, latest and greatest in materials, uh, like our PLX Compact 1 to 8 is a phenomenal example. It is the lightest and one of the shortest LPVO, 1 to 8 LPVOs on the market. Uh, we're just under 10 inches, just over 16 ounces. Um, honestly, the first time I picked that thing up, when I first came over to the company, I thought it was a cosmetic sample. I didn't think there was any guts in it. Like, there's no yeah. way this thing has glass. And when I look through it, like, holy shit, there's a reticle in here. Like, I can see yeah. through this. Yeah, it's amazing. It's super, I, I had done the research on that, and it's amazing. Like, it's super light, and uh, you can really kind of reach out and touch with that thing. Yeah, it's, I mean, at, at a one to eight in a first vocal plane with either mill-based or BDC reticles uh, that we offer in that thing, you can engage at whatever distance you want. I mean, it's, yeah. it really sky's the limit. It's, it comes down to the ability of the shooter. Um, the, the equipment itself will not leave you wanting for anything. I guarantee that. And at the price point, I mean, we're a couple hundred dollars under our next closest competitor. Yeah, I was going to say, and so like a lot of times people get kind of, you know, you go on the uh, the interwebs and you go on to Reddit and people are complaining about Chinese made optics versus, you know, and I like what you guys do in terms of the fact that you have sort of these different levels. And so like, I, I don't think this has never been hidden or anything, but the SLX, that glass is, is made in China. GLX is made in the Philippines. PLX is Japanese glass, which is, you know, again, you mentioned it, it's the flagship and it's the higher, higher level. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of appreciate the fact that you guys have sort of tiered these out and you have something. The reality is someone who's just getting into shooting, maybe they, they don't want to spend $1,500 on glass. Uh, and they're looking to spend a, a couple, two, three hundred, four hundred dollars. And so you offer all these options. And I think that that's a really nice way to do it because there are people who are sort of bougie and they want to have uh, really, really high end glass. And I don't know anyone like that. And yeah, not at all. And you, <laughs> and you guys offer that. And then uh, you have your low end stuff and then you have your middle of the road. And so that's a really good way to, to run your business. And and it's definitely, as far as I'm concerned, it's very appreciated. So good, good job on that. Yeah, we appreciate it. It's, it's definitely something for everybody, for sure. And there's a lot of times, you know, we're not going to recommend our PLX flagship scope to everybody. Um, you know, there's a lot of times like, what's your setup? What do you want to do? Dude, go with the SLX Nova. It's a perfect scope for you. Um, you know, we, we want our customers to get what they need, not what we want them to have. That's yeah, a good philosophy. And so let's talk about the different sort of uh, the different options people have in terms of actual optics. So uh, LPVO, low power, var- low power variable optics. Uh, and obviously there's the difference between the first focal plane and the sec- second focal plane. Mm-hmm. First focal plane being a little more expensive. Um, a real quick rundown. I mean, I, I understand the difference, but for people maybe that are new to shooting or they're just getting into it, um, you want to give it kind of the difference between the two? Yeah. Um, so super easy. At first focal plane scope, um, the reticle is on the same focal plane as your target image. So as you zoom in, your target gets bigger, but so does your reticle. So if it's a mill-based reticle or an MOA-based reticle, your subtensions will stay true regardless of the magnification range. So one mil will be one mil at 1x, or one mil will be one mil at 8x, or 10x, or 30x, or whatever that scope happens to be. Um, it will always be one mil. To really dumb that down, 
uh, even more so than you just did, is if you are zoomed, if you're at one X, right? So you're not zoomed in very much at all mm-hmm. or not at all. You're basically not going to see all of the reticle. You're just going to kind of see almost like almost a red dot, right? You're going to see kind of the just the 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 center part, and then as you zoom in, it starts to grow, and you start to actually start to see the reticle. Yeah, you can see more of the light. detail, and that's one yes. of the design features of the ACSS. So, especially in our first focal plane ACSS reticles, um, that's honestly so that horseshoe that we have. Uh, that's so at one x when it zoomed all the way out. Um, you can still see that horseshoe. You can still see it's a, it acts almost like a, a dot. So you can still yeah. shoot quickly at one X. And then when you zoom in, you get to see all the detail of all those little stadia lines and drops. And it's one of the things that like really that. drew me to it is that you could use it for really close in and you can obviously mm-hmm. zoom really far out. So, and then now onto the second focal plane. Yeah. So second focal plane, um, your reticle is on the second focal plane or a different focal plane than your target image. So when you zoom, you're zooming in on your target, so your target will get bigger, but your reticle is not going to change. It's going to stay the same size. So what that means is um, that reticle is calibrated for a certain magnification range. So let's say for easy math, we have a 10x as our top end as far as magnification goes. It's a, a 1 to 10. Um, at 10x, my 556 BDC has my 100, 200, 300, 400, 500 yard drops. Now, if I try to use those same drops at 5x, my reticle is still the same size, mind you, but now my target image has shrunk. So when I try to use those same drops, now I'm going to be shooting way over the top of the target because those drops are no longer accurate. So um, when it, would someone choose in a, a first focal plane versus a second focal plane? And obviously first focal is a little more expensive mm-hmm. because of the technology, but when would someone maybe purposely choose a second focal plane? Um, so I think LPVOs are a really good, really good spot for a second focal plane because, uh, you know, like I said before, usually when we're running LPVOs, we're at one X or maximum magnification, especially when it's a six or an eight. Um, we'll be at either 1x or 6x, 1x or 8x. So at 1x, you really don't need your BDCs. Um, you're shooting center to the center, and you're basically running it like a red dot. So right. you don't have to worry about all those details being accurate. When we're shooting at distance, we have the time to crank that magnification up. We want to be able to get good detail on our target. We'll be at maximum magnification anyway. That's when we're going to be using the BDCs or the milling features within that reticle, and that's what that reticle is calibrated for regardless. Mm. So... Um, LPVOs are a really good opportunity for that. Um, again, hunting, uh, hunting is a really good place, especially more traditional style hunting. Now, big game hunting out West is a completely different beast, but for most of the guys like down here in Texas, um, up in the Northeast, up in the Pacific Northwest, um, guys that are pretty much shooting hundred to 150 yards max, um, you can set your gun up with a MPBR max point blank range and you're going to hold center of mass or as long as your gun is accurate, you know, to minute of hair, you'll be fine. So yeah, I, I hunted, I hunt in location where it's like, you're not taking a shot more than 75 would be a long shot, but really like 50 yards is kind of like where I'm shooting. It's almost, it's almost, it's really more bow country. Uh, but yeah, second focal plane is perfect for, for where I hunt for sure. Yeah. And it's super easy. Yeah. So moving on, uh, red dots is the next big optic out there and you guys carry plenty of those. Um, you want to just give sort of some, I think everyone knows what they are, but some, some pros and where you might want to use that best case use. Yeah. So red dots, I mean, of course, 
ARs and running fast and close. Um, ARs really shine in that environment, or um, not ARs, red dots really shine in that environment because uh, it gives you kind of that heads up ability. Um, you can shoot them with both eyes open because for the most part, a traditional red dot is parallax free. Um, so it doesn't really mess with your eyes when you're looking through it with one and not through it with the other. So you have better kind of situational awareness, wider field of view. Um, and because you have that intensely bright illuminated aiming point, um, it tends to draw your eye to it. Uh, so it's it just makes for a very fast setup. Now, another thing that we have that is um, similar to the red dots, but also a little bit different, is our um, 1x microprism specifically. So there's a lot of guys out there with an astigmatism that have a really hard time seeing that red dot. So red dots, um, I had mentioned earlier, I bought a red dot. I have an astigmatism. And mm -hmm. so recently I have been toying with the idea of swapping it out for a prism scope. You mean building another rifle and putting a prism on it? <laughs> yes, yes. 100%. 100%. <laughs> uh, so what, what is the difference between the red dot and the prism scope? Go. <laughs> so red dot and a prism scope. A red dot is a reflected element. So you have an LED that shoots a light out, reflects off a lens back at your eye. Now, your astigmatisms um, or, you know, there's other issues that people can have with their eyes make it very hard to see that. So they won't see a sharp circle. Um, a lot of people think that the dot they're looking at is just poor quality. Um, if you're ever in that situation, pull your phone out, take a picture of the dot with your phone. The lens in your phone is perfect. You'll see that that is a perfectly concentric little circle and your eyes are screwed up. So <laughs> sad day for you. Go to the eye doctor. <laughs> yeah. Sad day for you. You're not as perfect as your mom said you always were. But there's an option now. So with that 1X microprism, it has an etched reticle just like any other scope, right? So just like our 1 to 6 is, just like a 4.5 to 27, it's an etched reticle. Um, by doing that, it eliminates the issues that are caused by an astigmatism. So you can always see a very sharp, clear, and defined reticle, uh, regardless of what's wrong with your eyes. There's diopter adjustment to it as well. Um, so if you do have a prescription, um, you're shooting with or without your glasses, you can adjust it for that. You can adjust it to your eyes so everything looks sharp and clear. Um, another benefit of it is because it's an etched reticle, if you ever have a power failure or your battery dies or you know whatever happens to it where you're not illuminated anymore, you still have an etched black reticle to look at just like a regular rifle scope. So it negates the need for backup iron sights. Um, basically, the only time that you're not going to be able to aim and shoot with that thing is if you take a round through it, in which case you have bigger problems. So, you know, backup iron sights really aren't the answer to that situation. So, um, yeah, that microprism is is a game changer for people with astigmatisms. The only thing I understand with prism scopes is they are not 100% parallax free. Correct. I mean, really, that's no correct. Optic is, but yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have eye relief. Um, we've actually got some new products coming out with a ridiculously large eye box that almost eliminates that. Um, okay. But there is, uh, there is, you know, that trade off. So you are going to have, it's a little bit heavier because we're putting, it's a basically a folded light path optic. We're using a prism to bounce the light around. So optically that thing's about six inches long, but because we're using prisms to bend the light, um, we can shorten it up and do something that's just under two inches long. So, um, but yeah, there is trade-off to that. So you are going to have, um, eye relief. You are going to have a little bit of parallax. Um, but the advantages definitely outweigh the, the negatives for sure. Cool. 
Well, Steve, I want to thank you for joining us and providing us with all the great info on the company and obviously all the various optics and options that are out there from Primary Arms. It's great to see a company come out with different options that fit everyone's needs and budgets. It's really important in this day and age that everyone have accessibility to having optics they need for their firearms. I also want to thank you again for uh, the SLX LPVO giveaway uh, offering for our listeners. I'm excited to find our lucky winner, even if it's not me and Keith. So (laughs) the conversation was great, and we'd really love to have you back in the future. I appreciate it, guys. I mean, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for, you know, all the listeners that are out there. Good luck to everybody, and I would love to come back. You guys just let me know when. I'd love to jump on. Sounds good. To everyone listening, we want to thank you again for taking time out of your day to tune into our show. You can find links in the show notes to all of our social media, so be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Discord, and Spotify so we can keep the conversation going.